injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Let us pick up our books and our pens. They are our most powerful weapons. You're listening to Talking Social Studies. This is episode number 41, Teaching with Video, with special guest Steve Heimler of Heimler's History for February 25th, 2020. This is the podcast where we talk about social studies and education today. Here you will find conversations about strategies, resources, ideas, and more, all designed to help today's social studies teachers in their work with students. One child, one teacher, and one pen can change the world. Well, thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We are back. Um, I know it's been a little hiatus from our last episode, but we're very excited today to introduce our special guest, uh, Steve Heimler, who is joining us from Atlanta, Georgia. So Steve, welcome to Talking Social Studies. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, yeah. Steve Heimler. Uh, I'm here in Atlanta, as you said. been teaching uh, AP history, several different AP histories, uh, U.S. Uh, world government um, for about 10 years, almost 10 years now. And uh, also the proprietor of the YouTube channel Heimler's History, where I do my best to talk about the story of our world with a healthy mixture of seriousness and buffoonery. <laughs> excellent. I, that is an excellent mixture. <laughs> and now I, and I have to say I had no idea, so I'm looking forward to checking this out. <laughs> oh, yeah. You definitely need to talk to uh, the younger one about, about teaming in. My kids love Heimler's history. Okay. Awesome. On it. Well, I'm, and so Amy, where, where, I'm just curious, where do, how long have you been following Heimler's history? I mean, you're the one who, who got Steve on, right? Yeah. Um, so honestly, that started maybe over the summer. It really kind of, Steve, you really kind of blew up in the, the AP world history teacher feed, mm -hmm. uh, July, August. Um, yeah. and it really kind of, um, in years past, everybody was into crash course because crash course lined up well, but with the rewrite, it's just, everybody's having to start new things are in a different order and Steve's really engaging and it's, it's nice and short and accessible to the kids and the, and the jokes fit. I mean, my kids go right into the, into the jokes. I'm bad about jokes in class. Um, so <laughs> today's lesson, just for the word for my Asian history, today's lesson was about Qing dynasty and comparing Cheeksy and, and herd brood to boomers. And then <laughs> those who want to see changes to the, to the Gen Z and the kids were like, Hey, let's do it. So it was a lot of let's go bro. And yeah, it was bad, um, but it worked. The kids got it. Um, so, and just when we were talking about ideas for this next episode, I thought it'd be really interesting to see how Steve, I mean, Steve's really blown up and his channel's really blown up with the kids and stuff and just kind of, how did he get started with that? And how's that work? In, fu in full disclosure, Steve, I'm actually, uh, watching your YouTube channel right now on mute uh, <laughs> <laughs> on, on my computer. Okay. Multitasking. Okay. I want to know about that office. You've got an amazing <laughs> office in the background. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually not there right now, but, uh, the funny thing is, is that it's, it, it's not that amazing. It's my basement and there's just a narrow slice 
that's inside the camera. The rest of it is a, is a disaster that's, you know, exposed concrete, but just as long as it's zoomed in it's enough, zoomed. it's Well, fine. it looks like this gorgeous library in the background, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm guessing, Steve, are you uh, your director, producer, editor, or are you the one-man show right there? One-man show, yeah. That's, uh, in fact, the editing is what I love to do the most, frankly. It's fun. Awesome. Very cool. So just on a technical piece, like what are, what, um, what tools, I guess, do you use to record and then to do your editing? Yeah, I use a DSLR, Canon DSLR camera to record it. Um, I throw it on my uh, MacBook Pro um, using the Adobe Suite, Premiere Pro um, for every once in a while. Animation, I'll use After Effects um, and uh, Photoshop. And that's about it. Wow. Pretty simple. Well, do you want to, uh, can you describe a little bit about what you're, what you're putting out there for everybody who may not know uh, about Heimler's history and what you, what you have and who you're, who you're targeting and what, what they can find there? Yeah. So this year I am publishing videos on AP world history. So as probably most many people listening to this know, uh, AP World History underwent a significant overhaul in the curriculum this year. And, um, and it just so happened that I was teaching it this year and I usually do videos along with the thing that I'm teaching. Um, so I, that was my plan is just to make uh, videos on this, on this subject. And uh, as Amy mentioned, it, uh, somebody picked it up from a Facebook group, teachers, a um, AP history teachers Facebook group. And all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, the people are coming in all over the place. Um, and, you know, to me, like, I don't see my, you know, some, some kids will comment on the videos and say, oh, I don't even need to read anymore. I, you know, whatever. And I'm like, oh, no, that's, that's not <laughs> what I'm intending. But, you know, for me, it's just, this is something, this is like a, this is support for them, you know, um, something that they can uh, carry along with them. It's, it's not the main meal, but it's a, it's a nice side dish. Um, when you're, when you're tired of, you know, the chicken, uh, you can <clears throat> switch to the French fries for a little while. <laughs> so do you, did you make these originally for primarily for your own students? Was, do you have like a flipped classroom model or is it just like you is it just more of a supplemental? Yeah. Well, okay. So I had to do this out of necessity because, um, I teach at a homeschool hybrid school. So I only have these kids one day a week. Um, so, um, I was teaching, I mean, if you can imagine teaching an AP class in one day a week, it's, um, that, that, nope. I can't imagine that. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that just exploded, it, but continue. <laughs> it's an extraordinary challenge. So I was, I mean, where I feel most comfortable in the classroom is in the lecture. Uh, I, I love, I love the lecture. I, you know, uh, and, and I felt quite good about it and the students enjoyed it as well. But, um, what I realized is that what for, for the sake of knowledge, for really knowing things, um, I, I needed to use that time that I have with them since it was so tiny. Um, like, how do you actually do this stuff? What, how, how does it, we need to, we're going to get a full orbed sense of knowledge. You know, it's got to be normative. They've got to know the facts. Uh, it's got to be situational. They, they have to know how to live these things out. And it also has to be existential. They have to know how it moves them. And so I couldn't do that all in a lecture. So I thought, okay, let, let me just try to 
let me just try to publish these. They'll watch them at home. Um, so yes, it very much was for my own students in the beginning. Um, and, uh, and then I'll just devote my class time towards um, trying to get the situational aspects of behavior or um, knowledge and the existential as well. And I'm not going to say I, I hit that every time. Or, I mean, it, it all aligns maybe like twice a year where it's like, you know, the angels are singing and it's like that. <laughs> was a good day, but um, <laughs> that's at least what I'm aiming at. So yeah, y'all know what I mean. Oh yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, that, uh, I started doing it for my own students. And then, um, yeah, those, are, those first ones are awful, uh, altogether cringeworthy. Um, but then something strange started happening and other people started watching them as well and subscribing. And that's when I, I mean, it was, it was a, a heady moment. It's like, what? That, that, that kid from New York just commented on this? That, wait, someone in New York is watching this right now? It, it blew my mind. It blew my mind. So that was the beginning. That's, uh, it is a pretty incredible feeling thinking of all the stuff out there and not even knowing its use. You know, I mean, even we go back to the beginnings of this podcast and there's all sorts of crazy analytics. And I forgot, I think at one point, like the fifth largest country following us was ukraine yeah i mean it's just you know it's 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 bizarre right but it, it is it's um it's amazing what we have the power to do now yeah oh yeah i mean i look at my analytics and you know here in georgia i would i would have thought mo most of my people are coming from georgia i know we're like fifth or sixth um behind like california and texas of course they have a lot more people but anyway yeah i i'm with you it blew my mind well that's super awesome um, so you mentioned that you, uh, like originally got into this thinking about you're just sending your kind of saving the time in class and moving your lectures so students can watch them outside. Right. Yeah. But it, you're also a little bit more engaging than just, um, just the tradition. I mean, we've all done like digital lectures, I think at some point, or at least seen some, and, and there's some that are done really, really poorly. What do you think makes... <laughs> I mean, for me, I think it's the stories, right? I think there's a big difference between storytelling and lecturing. But, you know, flipping it completely, what, 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 are, the, what are the most important parts in there for you? Well, um, y'all ever read any Marshall McLuhan? I've heard the name. Okay. Um, maybe Neil Postman you've heard of? Yep. Yes. Yeah, so Neil Postman would have been Marshall McLuhan's disciple. Um, but uh, you, you've certainly probably heard... McLuhan's famous phrase, which is the medium is the message. Um, so I think, I think the reason why so many, you, you've, as you mentioned, Scott, there, there are very unengaging lecture videos out there. And I think that's because they disobey the medium um, and what, what the medium demands, which is why nobody hardly, I mean, in a general population watches C-SPAN because C-SPAN is, altogether boring because the medium of you know these flickering pixels demands entertainment and if it's not entertaining and emotional and moving um then even if the even if the person watching can't they'll just say it's boring but what they're really saying underneath is that that's not what this thing is for like the medium of a book lets you deduce and reason and build arguments and understand them and it's a different kind of mental 
um, exercise, but, but the screen demands an emotional response. So <clears throat> I think that's what, I think people, if, if they're going to do a video, they can't expect it to be like a book. Like I'm just going to present some facts to you. So, you know, I got a background in theater, so that's probably where some of the, you know, well, I was just going to say, I, I think I just went back to the, my film theory classes. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know, but you're right. It is. It's a very different medium. And, uh, and, I, and I think that's, I'm just, I'm processing what you just said about like getting down to the electrons and the pixels in there uh, and demanding that creative kind of element to it, which I think is, is, is really powerful. That was deep. Right. <laughs> well, well, the thing is, I would, I mean, it may, it may surprise people to hear it, but I don't think video is the best way to learn. I think, I mean, if you want to really learn something, especially something like um, history that requires argumentation and deduction, you need a medium that supports that. And the best one is probably books. Um, and, but what, what I find is that there's more than one, emotional response that I can uh, tap into with my, with my viewers. And the one I'm mainly tapping into is, um, is de desperation. <laughs> and that they, they feel like they're drowning. They don't know. And they, and yeah. so I, I feel like it's my responsibility to take them by the hand and say, listen, it's going to be okay. Let me, let me try to explain this to you and, you know, and try to do it in a way that, um, that keeps keeps you watching it, and um, and you know, the, you know, I mean, I don't have to put in all the jokes, but that's just me. That's just that's my personality. But you know, I've had some people come back to me and say, you know, I was on the test, and I remember, I remember that joke you said about the. <laughs> no, there's all kinds the, of research in that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> so yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I love. I love learning. In fact, I love books more than anything. I, I hardly ever watch videos myself. Um, but you are my people. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so, so Chris. She's yeah, she's got. Okay, so between Chris and um, Classroom Tools on Twitter, I am forever having this list in in my Amazon cart of like. Yeah. I just I, I want to get to I never get to but I want to get to. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, Chris, yeah. I feel like every week I see you with something new out there. I think you and Steve should start a book club, the Talking <laughs> Social Studies Book Club podcast. I'm, I'm down. <laughs> so, Steve, when you when you said you had a theater background, I just wonder how much. And this may vary from when you started to now. How much do you kind of like script out what you're doing? And, um, you know, so like if teachers were like, okay, I feel like for my classes, for my students in my classes, if I want to create content for them um, of mm -hmm. videos, you know, would you suggest like, especially early on, like really scripting things out? Um, yeah. And, or, or what, you know, just kind of like framework or how, how do you kind of go through that process of creating your, you know, I guess, planning your episodes? Yeah. I mean, I, to this day, I mean, I just published a video an hour ago and to this day after, I don't even know how many videos are up there, over, probably over 200. Um, 
every word is scripted. So to me, um, I, I can't think unless I write. So I have to, I, I would do very poorly if I was just um, riffing off the cuff, um, especially, especially if I'm having to cover the whole curriculum because there's, there's a few things that I, I know and I love, but the re I would say maybe even the majority I'm not well-versed in. So I, I gotta, if I'm gonna serve these students well, I gotta make sure it's, it's tight. Um, but let me just say in terms of how I went about doing it, I was at a, um, AP Summer Institute uh, for AP European History. This is a several years ago. <clears throat> and um, I was sitting next to this woman who taught AP US History and she was making content videos for her kids, but it was just a, it's like a slide deck and she was just narrating it. And um, I said, how do you do that? And she said, oh, well, you know, my, my kids have X textbook and I just take Y textbook and uh, take notes and then write the script out. And then I have the slides and I read it. And, I, and I'm, I know it sounds so simple, but that blew my mind because when I thought of making videos, like I, I'm a, I would, you know, big production guy, let's, you know, we got to get the lighting right. And the, <laughs> we got to get very high quality sound and like, let's get some slow motion in there. And like, but when she said that, I was like, wait a minute. I, I could do that. I, that, that that's, that's doable. So, so that's what I do. I mean, I, it's a little more complicated today, but when I first started, um, I gave my students one textbook. I took a different textbook and used the outline that was in the chapter. And um, it's like, okay, here's the bold, here's, here's a bolded word. Here's another one. Let's make sure we do this. And that was, that was it. Um, so yeah. It's usually about three or four pages, and that gives me uh, anywhere between a five and eight minute video. Cool. And is that, I mean, intentional that it's five to eight minutes? No, no. Um, that's that's the only thing I can do because it would drive me insane. I, I've done I've done longer ones, fifteen to twenty minute videos, when I do like a whole unit. Um, but the editing is just so intensive because. Mm -hmm. For me, because I am scripting it out, you know, there's <laughs> there's sometimes where it's like I will say the line 16 times before I actually get it. Um, and the funny thing is, it's usually one that you wouldn't think would be too complicated. But I, just, I can't I can't get it out for whatever reason. Um, and so, like I I mean, I have to piece every little line together and make it seem like you know, with the art of editing, that it's it's not just you know cut up. Um, so. You know, for, for a five minute video between the beginning of research to the, the publication of it, I've got about 10 to 12 hours in each one. Which, which surprises a lot of people. It's like, wow, that's just. No, I mean, they're, they're, they're slick videos. I mean, they look good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and that's, and that, to me, that, that, that just makes me happy. Um, that's not required for anybody who would wanna get into this, but. I, I love the production side of it. So, you know, I, I couldn't do anything else for myself, um, but it means I, I work on it a lot. <laughs> yeah, but it sounds like you enjoy that. So for like a non-production oriented <laughs> person. I wish you guys could see myself. the picture on Chris's, the like expression on Chris's face right now. <laughs> She's like, hmm. The, the old lady of the group here. Um, you know, I mean, I I like using Screencastify. I have used WeVideo before, like 
to help my I'm daughter. She did like a green video. Yeah, did a green screen video for a project yeah. when she was in class. You know, it looked like alligators were behind her and stuff like this. So <laughs> nice. I felt extremely accomplished with that, I must say. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I've never used any of the, I've used Adobe Spark. I haven't used any of their high-end yeah. video production stuff. Um, so if you were advising someone who was kind of getting in on the ground floor, maybe somebody who was not at a high technical level, mm-hmm. um, what would you, would, would you encourage them to use something like Screencastify or do you have, I mean, I mean, I don't know, since you're so familiar with the, the, you know, kind of like the, the upper echelon of video editing yeah. and production tools do you have like a any recommendations for kind of entry level things for people to use absolutely i mean i started with my cell phone and the editing software that came with my uh apple computer which is imovie i'm sure there's a corresponding version on uh pcs as well but um but you know i was very motivated to do it so that that's part of it but the, the thing is okay one practical thing and one philosophical thing. Um, the practical thing is the video doesn't matter as much. The audio is king. So if, if, you, if the video is grainy, if you're just using the video uh, on your um, computer or on your phone or whatever, it's fine. It doesn't have to be lit that great. You know, that's not what matters. But if people can't hear you, they won't watch it. Um, if they can't understand you, if you're sitting in a big room that's echoey and they're having to work, that they're not going to, that you're, you've lost them. Uh, so audio is, is key. Um, and that doesn't mean you got to get a bunch of expensive microphones. It just means you need to go to a place that is quiet. Um, like, you know, if your living room or something, not my living room, I got kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so audio very much so. Um, but the, the philosophical thing is it's, it really only takes like, to me, if, this is only something to do if you want to do it because it's a lot of work. Um, if you find, if you find in yourself something that says, yeah, I'd really like to give that a try. Well then absolutely. Um, and, and the editing and the whole production of it doesn't matter as much because to me, there's, you know, there's basically two ways to fall in love with something. There's uh, number one, you can see the beauty of it yourself and be dazzled. Number two, you can see somebody else loving it and fall in love with it vicariously. And that can be done on this, you know, what we're doing right now. That that can be communicated, that depth of love that you have for the Mongols or whatever it is. Like you can, <laughs> that is communicable through a non-edited, um, you know, just as long as there's good audio, it, it, then, it's, then it can be communicated. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you, you know, you see everybody's familiar with Crash Course and you see that and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, I can never, I can never do anything like that. Well, we don't need you to do anything like that. What we need is to hear your voice and what we need is to see you love something in front of us so that we also will fall in love with it. Yes, I think that's really important because we always talk about passion in education like if the if the teacher doesn't have some sort of passion for it it's really hard for the students to generate it unless you have like you know a handful of students who are really into say the mongols or whatever um 
but yeah, I mean, we don't all have the thought bubble people to make the animations for us and whatnot, like John Wouldn't Green. That, be great? that would be cool. <laughs> Some animators behind in class, me. Like, and then all of a sudden, yeah, off to the side, thought yeah. bubble pops up. I just want to be able to jump and slide in the chair. Yeah. Like that would be really cool. <laughs> With the cabinet, yeah. But yeah, but yeah. so I, I, I definitely, I, I think that's really, I think that's really key. And I know, I know teaching online where I don't have any live sessions with my students, I feel like it's really so helpful for me to like make a connection with students by having me in the videos. Like even if I'm making a screencast just to have the yeah. little window in the corner. So it's just like real teacher here, you know, it's not <laughs> yeah. robo teacher or something like that. And I just right. think that that really helps whether it's your students or other, you know, students in general, it's just yeah. like that connection and seeing your expression and, and hearing the tone of your voice. Since you were talking about how powerful the audio is, yeah. I think that, that that really does help, you know, For make sure. those connections with students. Mm -hmm. Well, and I find, I mean, I'm still in a traditional classroom, but if I'm out for a training or I'm gonna be gone for a couple of days for like I was out last week for a funeral, um, I, I usually do a flip lesson when I'm gone and it's not, it's not high end. It's, you know, kind of a screencast if I, I use Camtasia, but it's just, you know, me at home at two o'clock in the morning because <laughs> the kid got sick at one They never get sick conveniently, but, um, it, it makes a difference. And mm -hmm. the kids, it's funny is, is the kids who are gone, like for their sporting event or something, when they get back, they will ask. I'm like, the, even though I put the note key like in Canvas form to find in the LMS system, they will ask, hey, did you do a video about this last year? Like, is that out there? Yeah. Really? You want to listen to last year's like 15 minutes on the Mongols or whatever? Um, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I like, you know, hearing you talk. Yeah. I mean, supposing, supposing I'm not a turd of a teacher, um, my students will want to hear from me. Right? Like, I mean, that's, that's absolutely right. Uh, I mean, there's, there's, there's no shortage of resources out there, but I think, I think kids want to hear from people that they know care about them. And, yes. Yeah. Yes, and that they trust. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, it's so important too to just provide multiple means of like the way that we represent content for our students, right? It's one of the principles and universal design for learning is that you provide multiple modalities for kids to access whatever it is. And, you know, Steve, you're in a really kind of interesting boat because um, you see your kids once a week, right? Is that what is, and do you see them for, I mean, I'm guessing it's not the full day. Is that correct? Uh, it's a three hour block. Right. So it's still I mean, significantly less. Yeah. 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 Like, and that time, so what do you, what do you do with do you see everybody together so everyone comes and you have a whole class at three for three hours yeah what what's your classroom look like uh physically no i just or, it's like or, a day in your classroom right i mean oh, you spend the time well, creating videos yeah. yeah 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 the thing is okay so it's a um i i shouldn't say three hours because i get even less than that because it's a i teach a whole humanities block in three hours so there's actually three classes within those three hours so i teach <laughs> wow. i teach history i teach bible and then i teach rhetoric all in those blocks so it's a christian school um and uh so usually history ends up taking up it takes up the most time um 
but uh so we'll it depends on the day we we flex between those three classes some of sometimes you know if we're having a graded discussion that you know for history that's going to take up most of the time um because our, our discussions can last hour and a half to two hours which is probably terrible practice but uh i i just love it so much and they seem to love it too so um or you know like yesterday was speech day so it was 25 kids giving persuasive speeches all day. So, um, so it, it definitely flexes depending on the day. But um, what I'm, as I mentioned before, what I'm mostly focused on in the class <clears throat> is, um, is application. Um, I, I'm focused specifically on, um, you, you know, epistemology is a, is a uh, one of my guilty pleasures, um, doing reading in, in that subject. And I'm so endlessly fascinated by it. Um, <clears throat> a guy named John Frame, my favorite epistemologist, he would say that, you know, you don't know anything until you know it from three perspectives, which I think I mentioned earlier, that the normative, which are the facts of the thing, the situational, which is the behavioral aspect of the thing. Um, you know, you don't know something until you can actually do it or live it. Um, and then the third, which I don't see represented often is the existential. How does it move you down in the affections? <clears throat> so, um, so I'm really focusing on the situational and the existential in the class. So, you know, you don't like, like my third grader right now is learning about the Holocaust uh, at her school. And she knows the number six million, and she knows the name Hitler, and she knows the Nazis, but she doesn't know anything about it. You know, she those are those are just bare facts to her. I say she's um, awfully young for the like the emotional. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, but ju just for <laughs> illustrative purposes. Um, for, so for my students, like I want them, like you don't know anything about the Holocaust until you know how it moves you. You don't know anything about um, Louis the Fourteenth until you like. So, okay, let me. I'll give you one example. Um, this is this is probably my favorite um, lesson that I've ever done. Um, we did this two years ago. So, talking about totalitarian governments, <clears throat> and okay, so they they got the normative stuff at home. They know they can give me three examples, and here's what it means and the definitions and that sort of thing, which. Okay, good. We get we need that baseline. Um, so what I did, you know, I wanted them to feel it. Um, I, wanted, I wanted them to understand it. So at the end of 1984, uh, George Orwell's book uh, is the appendix. And I don't know if anybody's ever read that. It, it's one that's overlooked. But it's, essentially, it's his, um, it's how um, Newspeak works. No, it's not Newspeak. What's it called? Double speak? No, that's one, that's one species of it. Anyway, whatever the language is in that society. And, um, and so what I asked, and so basically it, it takes all the, you, you change the language and it removes any capacity for, um, for thought against the government okay, um, yeah. in power. So, so what I had him do is, I said, before we start anything, okay, do, do me a favor, like write a paragraph right now um, just tell me about something that makes your heart beat fast. Like what, what puts a smile on your face? What, what gets you up in the morning? Like, tell me this. 
And so then I had seven or eight of them share as like, you know, horseback riding. Okay, but what's the thing? What is it? Oh, it's when you jump over the, oh, and then, oh, we're all feeling it. Mm, yes. And um, I was like, okay, now what I want you to do is I want you to translate that using the principles in this, um, in this uh, appendix into new speak, because he gives you all the, the rules of how to speak. Um, and, and it was astonishing. Like they, they were, they were getting upset. I can't say the thing I'm passionate about in this language. And, and, and so I'm, that's fine. Just, just, just do it. And so at the end, you know, they read their new speak, uh, translation and it's terrible. There's no passion in it. There's no, you can, it's barely discernible. And, and I, so that's when I get them to realize, like, did, did you feel that? Like it, this was just a little simulated experience, but like, this is what it's like living in a totalitarian government, you know, in, 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 you know, general. Um, that's so cool i'm totally yeah. stealing that yeah, yeah no and you know <laughs> no, because what? my that's, kids love to get fired up that's awesome yes it was and, and just i mean that that was one of those things that was just dropped like uh from the heavens in because like, <laughs> class started at nine uh and i was looking at my lesson plan and it was terrible um and i happened to be reading 1984 at the moment and so uh, I was like, wait a minute, let's just, let's just try to do this. And, and I mean, it was one of those things where it just worked and awesome. it was just, uh, un, unreal. Um, so, so yeah, like that. So, so that's what I use class for. It's like, I, I want you, and now, and now they, they never, they, they always remember that one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, right, I mean, that's, yeah. And that's, you have such precious time, like in class with kids to actually do things, you know, and it, Putting, putting the stories out there that you need to so you can save that time to have those interactions, I think, is, is especially if you see them once a week, yeah. probably one of the best things you could do. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, this has been so informative, and I'm awesome. just wondering if anybody has any other questions or... Yeah, Steve, is there anywhere people can and tag you on like a social media account or anything? So if they've got questions to hit you up? Yeah, absolutely. Um... YouTube, um, well, we've mentioned YouTube, the uh, Heimler's history. Um, on Instagram, I'm at Heimler's underscore history. And then um, the new one where people are starting to find me is on TikTok. Uh, and that's, <laughs> that's at, at Steve Heimler. <laughs> yeah, well, why, why are we laughing? <laughs> <laughs> My kids are always trying to get me. like, come on, Presley, come get them. Like, oh, no, yeah, no, I'm they, old. No. Oh, those, those kids love the TikTok. They, they do. do. It, it is. Oh, my gosh. That sounds well, cool. I'm so thankful you joined us. This is, I, the, in yeah. talking about, you know, the, the you know, the, the medium is the message. And you think about, okay, I, I don't, I teach in Oklahoma. There is no funding, you know? <laughs> Um, yeah. th th that's not happening, but like you said, it, it, the video doesn't have to be high quality, but I can, you know, heck I'm using Apple earbuds right now and it's, it's yeah. doing okay. Yeah. Right. It's 2020. I mean, there's so much out there and it's so easy to create video with a wealth of apps with a wealth of tools that, yep. um, that shouldn't, it shouldn't be a barrier for anybody. That's for sure. It's yep. really not. And uh, you know, since we mentioned TikTok, it's actually like, if that's, 
if somebody is feeling, you know, intimidated by the barrier to entry, like, oh no, uploading something to YouTube, man, TikTok is a really good way to, to dip your toe in the water. Um, it's Well, you know, if that's where the kids are at, right? Well, that's, yeah, my kids have been telling me for months, you got to get on TikTok. I'm like, oh, no, I don't need another social media account. So like, you got to meet them where they're at, Presley. Come yeah. on. <laughs> so I, I finally did, and turns out it's working, and I, I, I happen to love it. So Very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for giving so generously of your time to share your experiences and your knowledge with us. And your adventure with us, yeah. Yeah, well, it was a great pleasure for me. Thank you. Well, thanks for everybody who tuned in this week, and uh, we hope to be back with you soon. Yeah, about that. We've got some feelers out about another kind of um, pretty awesome guest host. Um, we're just kind of waiting on the final confirmation, so we're not going to say anything yet for sure. But until then, we'll see you guys uh, next time.